that you once thought sucked, but now you realize that they rock. They might still suck. Fear and Loathing Podcast. Wahoo! Welcome everybody to the podcast called Fear and Loathing in Cinema, where we take movies that were once forgotten and once uh, not given a fair shake. We revisit them today and tell you why they're amazing or not. I'm Brian Kluger and I'm joined by the two most impactful people on the planet right here. The two people who I want to ride on a motorcycle up a mountain to survive with. Dan Moran and Preston Barta. How are you two doing? Well, it was fun to realize that this was the second time Elijah Wood went up the mountain. <laughs> Actually, it was the first. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess technically. Technically yeah. was the first. Uh, Dan, you doing all right? I'm doing great. I'm not going to top that one. <laughs> no, you're not going to top that one. That was pretty good. Of course, today's episode here on May 16th. It's beautiful outside here in Dallas, Texas, and I'm sure in Austin, Texas. This movie we're talking about released May 8th, just last week in 1998. It was directed by Mimi Letter, and it starred a, a wealth treasure trove of people, actors, but we're talking about Deep Impact, which if you remember in 1998 during the summer, there were two movies about an asteroid hitting Earth. That was Armageddon and that was Deep Impact. Two movies, I feel like the government was trying to tell us like there might be an asteroid coming, but you know, we never know. But uh, it has been a while since I've seen this movie. And at first, let's all take a moment. His name was Gus Partenza. His name was <laughs> Gus Partenza. <laughs> oh my goodness. So... Uh, the, this movie, you know, it's kind of like uh, it's basically the same movie as Don't Look Up with Leo DiCaprio. <laughs> it's like like a 1998 version of that, but where don't chill. yeah, Don't Look Up is like insane. It's like the Wolf of Wall Street version of excess and craziness, whereas this Deep Impact, directed by a woman, kind of showcased the more of the humanity and maybe not romantic feelings, but a, a, a more grounded to earth uh, version of it. And hey, that worked for some people. Maybe that didn't work for some people. Because later on that summer, we got Armageddon from Michael Bay, which is just, you know, bad boys too in space, basically. It's crazy. So uh, I... I remember first seeing this in the theater. I mean, this was huge when it came out. $80 million budget, $350 million uh, payday at the end of the day. You have Robert Duvall, Tia Leone, Elijah Wood, Vanessa Redgrave, Maximilian Shell, Morgan Freeman as the president, uh, John Favreau, uh, Lily Sobieski, Blair Underwood. It's just, it's crazy. The list goes on. Mike O'Malley is in there from Nickelodeon's Guts. And they discover, like, don't look up, an asteroid's heading to Earth. They're going to try to, you know, bang it out of the sky, throw it off course with rockets and nuclear weapons and things happen. And uh, I, because I feel like this movie, it was grounded. And then Hollywood told Mimi, okay, you have to Independence Day 
Independence Day the shit out of it, you know, at least for a few minutes. And that's kind of what happened. I remember seeing it in the movie. And I was like, fuck yeah, I like Elijah Wood, even though he's kind of in it for only like five minutes. Uh, but I, I liked the movie for what it was. And then I remember seeing it on DVD again. And then I think it's been until it was released on 4K just a little while ago uh, that I rewatched it again. And I must say, I enjoyed it for what it was there are problems with it i think uh tia leone's not great in this movie but uh she kind of brings a sincerity to it almost kind of in her stale fence post uh acting job but i i still <laughs> enjoy it uh dan please deep impact me <laughs> um i remember seeing this in the theater for sure because it was the event movie before the event movie. Um, I think everyone was getting ready for Armageddon, but this was another, this one came out first. Um, and, I, and I specifically remember going to see it and not really liking it that much because I think I was ready for more action and more at how old was, I was like 14. So I was probably looking for a little bit more than this movie contemplates things that the actual Armageddon doesn't. I think it's a much more grounded story, as grounded as you can be in it, but there's like real stakes and decision-making at like high levels of government that no matter how silly they are, are things that you can picture 100% happening. And I think that I appreciate it a little bit more watching it over the weekend and being like, oh, there's some really good stuff in this one. Like this is a pretty good drive. This would have been an interesting like... um 10 episode HBO series or a Netflix series that really got into the nitty gritty of like the year of planning to get after the asteroid and how it failed and how the lottery system works and how they were building the things and all where they thought the water was going to go. And all of that would have been really interesting. So there were some really good ideas in there that you don't get from Armageddon. You get everything else from Armageddon. And I love Armageddon, but I just want to be clear that this movie is more grounded realistic to me and has way more heart um it doesn't have a steven tyler song but i felt much more connected to these characters than i ever felt to anybody in armageddon <laughs> <laughs> okay okay i i feel you there i get it um it would have been nice to have like even though the deep impact movie is two hours long there's like different edits in this movie that make me question like you meet the astronauts that are announced to go. And then like almost the next scene is them going into space already to take it on. I was like, wait, we're we don't get to figure this out yet. But Preston, what about you? I was I so 1998. So I was 16, 17 at the time. How old were you? So you must have been six or seven then. <laughs> I was eight. You were wait, eight. Wait, did this come out in the early part of the year? May, 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 May 8th. Oh, so just right before I turned eight. Uh, yeah, I did see it in theaters, but the only thing that I I remember Armageddon more as an eight-year-old, but I do remember just the tidal wave at the ending and Elijah Wood being in it just because I was into a bunch of movies like Flipper and Forever Young and Radio Flyer and things mm -hmm. like that. But that's my only recollection of it. So this watching it uh, earlier this morning, actually, uh, because I wasn't going to opt to watch this on my birthday. Um, <laughs> uh, it, uh, yeah, I got surprisingly very emotional watching it, especially by the end of it. But first 30 minutes or so, it's 
hitting a lot of the same beats as Armageddon, but I was like, oh, this is a more, you know, dialed back version. And I was like, oh, the whole reporter angle is interesting, but yeah, like Brian, you said, it's like, don't look up, um, except it's not really holding too much of a mirror up to ourselves. A lot of the, a lot of the beats, like you were just referencing with like, you know, the team coming together, they're drilling, they're doing a lot of the same things that they do in Armageddon, but in Armageddon, they do a bit of a better job of making you believe that they can do those jobs. <laughs> right. And in this one, it's just like, Oh, we just, you know, you just kind of like move from one thing to the next and be like, Oh, it took Armageddon like one hour to do what they did in like a few minutes. And we are just supposed to accept that they can do those things and that we can trust that they can drill and all those types of stuff. But I think where it really takes off is once things are not looking good for the world and humanity really settles in. And I think, I don't know, I'm still kind of thinking about it in my head, whether it's the characters themselves that is really making me emotional because it's not like there's a whole lot of building for them. Like we don't know. We just kind of recognize that we're, we're putting ourselves in there. We're imagining ourselves. We know relationships like that. And like, maybe that's just all that we need to be able to feel some sort of feeling about it. But yeah, I, I think maybe you're getting emotional because I, I feel you there because what maybe with something like don't look up, it takes a very humorous, very satirical approach where this kind of played it close to home, close to the heart. Yeah, and I think there's, when you, there's, when you, yeah, when you see like let's say Tia Leone's mom and them having like she's still broken up about the divorce and all that stuff and like her eventual end, how she goes out and like the reconnection between Tia Leone and her father, I think it like brings you know some good mem like good feelings up like that, right? Yeah, yeah, like you'll recognize all those little things like a a, a mother and father hugging each other, letting them you know knowing that they're sending their children off uh to hopefully survive like all all that stuff is just like you know me putting myself in the in those shoes and that's what's really having an effect on me or like there, there there's like special moments uh such as robert duvall's character and the guy that was the active captain who uh damaged his eyes um they have a nice moment where they're just talking about family and uh, connecting over Mel uh, Herman Melville and Mark Twain readings and things like that. So there are some really special moments that I think are really well developed in here. I just don't think it's a very cohesive narrative. Like right. the first 30 minutes or so, I was like, man, so much of this is just padding. Like we're taking a, a minute to get here and like the tone's kind of weird. Like when the guy that first discovers, uh, or I guess the second guy outside Elijah Wood, the guy that's like in his office and has the telescope and finds out that the comet's coming, he like uh, is listening to opera, eating pizza, gets in his car, and then you got the guy from uh, Rookie of the Year that we just uh, talked about uh, yep. playing the truck driver, smoking a cigarette, drops a cigarette in his lap, and then it causes the guy to drive off the cliff in like literally one roll, car explodes. I was like, Jesus, they wanted that guy dead. Yeah. Um, and he puts it all on a floppy disk. So that was fun. Um, 
Yeah, it but, was it was very of the time. Compact Rosarios. Like I was watching, I was yeah. like, oh man, like the email servers down. How <laughs> when was the last time yeah, we saw when that? Like surfing on the internet, and I was like, oh man, the toggle like da- going down, like the how <laughs> slow it is for thing information to populate the screen. So yeah, all that stuff was a good joy. Uh, but yeah, to have that explosion in there, I was like, Jesus Christ. And then we get it and then it just kind of slows down and it's a bunch of reporter shit. And then, and then we pick up with like, you know, uh, the president's stuff and communicating stuff to the public. And, and, and that's when it uh, really takes off. It does. It does. Dan, what, what do you think watching it again? What, what do you think about deep impacts? Like, cast of characters and how they told this story from different kind of points of view from the kids trying to fall in love from even the parents their parents uh trying to figure out how to survive and then to tia leone's side to the astronauts you know and even to 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 the that 70s show and robocop guy you know like what 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 what, how do you think it all melded together for at least 1998 yeah it wasn't i mean by our standards and even by the movie in 1998 i i think there were there were too many cooks in the kitchen and maybe could have taken out one perspective or or maybe focus a little you know like you know maybe not even taken out but had as a side even more of a side thing just maybe a check-in during a montage or something but it it worked for me and it's exactly what preston said i'd say like when i watch armageddon i'm like i'm I'm not an oil rig driller i'm never going to be trained to be an astronaut and have fun up in space playing my music and drilling it and all like that movie is so much more outlandish but i can totally see a situation where it's like oh we're all lazy with science and now there's a meteor coming and in the next year, something's going to happen. Oh, now it's martial law. Oh, now we're all hoping to win the lottery. So some of our family can survive, you know, like the sacrifices and that sort of stuff, like that stuff was handled so much better. And exactly what Preston said, once it gets to how to communicate that to the public and how they're going to, once it's like, Hey, the mission failed. One of these things is hitting earth. The movie just hits a gear that's like kind of um horror um at least like ecological horror not like yeah. swamp thing coming back but to the point where i was really like oh shit this is like terrifying and um that's why i said at the beginning like i would have loved you know make this six make this a six episode thing like really deep dive into like some of the science behind it because i don't know about you guys but anytime i'm scrolling instagram or twitter and you get some of those things where it's like Here's what here's what it looked like when the Russian whatever that meteor that hit in Russia looked like if it actually hit New York City today and it's just like a shitty animation of just like stuff going out and how far the debris and how far the winds would be going like I always watch that I can't help it and I'm like I'm interested in it and I feel like they could have done a little bit more because 1998 was pretty smart I mean the martial law the people the way people reacted to it, the way people were just like trying to like essentially storm the the area where they knew the uh, bunker was going to be. It's all very 2023. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I would expect in our reality that it would be even worse than that. Like they would be probably fucking killing Elijah Wood as he's riding his motorcycle by. Um, <laughs> oh, and trying to right. take his motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. for sure. They would have killed the scientists. 
Yeah, probably. They, they, they probably yeah. would have done that too. It's interesting because how much more thoughtful and caring these characters and story is, you know, because this was written by Bruce Joel Rubin and Michael Tolkien, the guy who wrote uh, Jacob's Ladder and My Life and Ghost, along with like the player, as opposed to like Michael Bay um, with Armageddon. And that's why probably Armageddon has a much lower score than Deep Impact here, because I think people really connected to these more realistic characters other than like a cartoony sense, like in Bad Boys or yeah. in Armageddon. They're, those characters are heightened and absurd, whereas Deep Impact's characters are much more down to earth. And I like that aspect of it. I like throwing them into that situation and keep not keeping like there wasn't anything satirical about it because I guess we're still in 1998, you know, the world hasn't gone through what we went through from 2001 on really. So yeah. that's where don't look up comes in and kind of like Preston said, we, we take a mirror to ourselves and see how crazy we really are. But with that, um, what do y'all think is, was this the first, I can't be the first time, but I remember it being talked about a lot. Like there's a black president on tell on in a big major movie and it was Morgan Freeman. And I'm trying to remember if there was like a big role of the president of the United States in a movie that was black before him. Cause I know president Palmer from 24 came right after that and a whole slew of others, but I'm trying to remember one that was his big blockbuster movie that, had it before deep impact uh i no i can't remember anything before this and i'm doing a quick doing a quick search i'm doing a quick search and i can't remember anything like now it's very like you've got morgan was it is it morgan freeman again in uh the one with uh gerard butler where he has to keep oh, rescuing him he eventually fallen. becomes president he keeps becoming the president of that. I know Jamie Foxx was in the identical movie to that with Channing Tatum, but those are all late. Right, right, right. I'm trying to remember, Preston, do you do you think this was the first, like the first big one, I guess, that I'm trying to remember? Fifth Element, 1997. Yeah. Tom Lister uh, Jr. Tommy Lister Jr., yeah. Okay. Was, uh, was President Lindbergh. That's the first one. And I um, guess maybe... <laughs> I don't know if it counts, but the fifth element, he, what's his name? It's the president, right? Yeah, he's the president. Okay. Yeah. All right. I guess that was a big, big movie. But I guess like in a realistic maybe it sort was, of way, like. It was only a year before. So Okay. All right. Okay. So, okay. There I'm you go. On, I'm on BET.com, the 11 movies with black presidents. Okay. There you go. That's the first one they have listed. But there was something great. Because now, like in Don't Look Up, you have it's very Trumpy country, not but Morgan Freeman was actually wanting to save the world, whereas Meryl Streep was not really, you know, and I like that aspect of kind of like the world coming together to actually, yes, there is something coming down to earth and we have to figure out how to survive type of thing. And it wasn't it, it necessarily this movie didn't take its time to show looting or p 
people being bad to each other. Everybody was trying to help each other to get out. And that's how I really liked that aspect of it. It right? was still like, it was still there, but it wasn't a big focus of it. Like it didn't focus on so much the dark side of humanity, all these things. I bet you all that stuff was there. They just kind of showed it like uh, the fires were burning, but we let them burn because all the firefighters were, you know, too busy or trying to save themselves or their families that, uh, it, it just didn't really felt it didn't feel the need to concentrate so much on all those things. And I, I think it's all the better for it because like, like we were saying, like in reality, we would, we tend to, at least my thoughts tend to kind of flock towards the darker side. Like I'm such a doom and gloom person that I, that's usually where my mind goes when I'm watching things. I'm like, doing a dipstick te uh, test on, uh, and then I'm like, yeah, it would be probably in our reality, it would be much darker. So, uh, but I, I think it's cool uh, that the movie does dial it back a little bit and tries to focus more on, it's not really hallmarky, but it feels like those kinds of movies that did come out in the nineties, like forever young, because it's got the James Horner score. And even that kind of sounds very Titanic. -y. I feel like that's uh, all James Horner's scores kind of sound alike. Um, <laughs> it's true. So, like they have the horns and, you know, they have like the big swells of Christian. Yeah, a lot, a lot of pianos and the, and the, the, the tempo to, and the rhythm of it tends to sound the same. Like there's a lot of bits, like when they're walking up the mountain, I was like, this just sounds exactly like Titanic. And I'm thinking about it in the same way that Rose and Jack were trying to get to the back of the ship um, as it's going down and they're going up the mountain. Um, so, yeah yeah uh, i i think it's I, I think it's cool that they decided to go in that way i, th I think it makes it not because you're already kind of an emotional wreck by the end of it thinking about all your all the relationships that are here like even though tia leone's not not the the, the best in this uh I felt for her in the final moments when she says like daddy, daddy. Uh, no like that, that was nice that was great. I think that's her best line in the movie. And I want to bring up a question to you both. Do you think the movie, because I think it's big fatal flaw in this movie, is that the movie follows the character of Taylioni because she's not good as an actress in this movie. Uh, but I wonder if it chose to follow Elijah Wood's character and see everything from his eyes, if it would have been better. Or even maybe one of, like, even Robert Duvall's eyes. I just think having it all kind of almost not organically follow Tia Leone and her family and what she's doing, I just think was stale. And maybe I think mostly it's from her performance because I'm thinking like watching her as a news anchor, it's like, man, it's literally, she's just no expression and no octaves in her voice are going up and down like a news reporter would do. And so maybe she was the wrong choice. I don't know. What do you think? I think it probably would have helped if they removed some, as uh, Dan said, like they had a lot of people here. So I think if they removed that, I think it would only help the story be more focused. And I think it would be interesting parallel to have a grander focus on Robert Duvall and this whole like father type of role, like with his sons at the very beginning when they're they're because they're two of them are active duty um, uh, military um, and I think a bigger focus on that would have been interesting. Like there, there was a flaw to him, uh, 
Um, and I, I think like digging into that a little deeper would have made it a more interesting and would have me more emotionally fixed on, especially with what happens with this character at the end. I think it would have had a deeper impact. Huh. Um, and then maybe to focus, I, I like, I don't know what more you could do with Elijah Woods character. Like, I think, Like it, that was another kind of a weird tonal thing. It was funny. I laughed, but like when he reveals to his school that he, he was there to kind of help discover the comet and they named the comet after him. And like one of the kids says like, you're going to have way more sex now. And it's so it's like, it's funny and it's true probably um, because the next scene that happens, it's like one of the astronauts is on the team is like talking to two of the girls that are there. Um, so I don't know, just a lot of interesting tonal things, but I did like that he, to, to survive, uh, Lily Sobieski, his, uh, more of a friend, but just kind of becomes a love interest by the end, I suppose. Um, maybe they still stay married. I don't know. There's not a huge romantic connection between them other than just be just deeply caring about each other. They're as 16 the, or 17. Yeah. Yeah. As the world is about to be destroyed. Um, so you just kind of connect more in it, uh, more with it on a friend level. Um, but, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know what more there is to mine from that relationship other than just kind of building out some other stuff. Um, But yeah, I think maybe just making it more focused on some of the other characters might have made it a a better film, perhaps. Okay. All right, Dan, anything to add? Yeah, I I agree. Not really. I agree with everything he says. I mean, if you're going to split it up or make it focused on other people, then give everyone else a little bit of a chunk that we had to suffer through with Taylor Leone's screen time to maybe flesh out a little bit more of the other characters who were admittedly interesting um, or more interesting, in my opinion. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. But at the end, I think it it circled back around to having the correct focus of it being on Elijah Wood and the families. Um, yeah. It knew where it needed to end up. Yeah. Uh, so I don't fault it too much for the end, um, yeah. for for the segues in the middle. Yeah, because the the big the, like I said, the first thirty minutes I felt like were the most problematic to me. As interesting as it is that the film has. you know shows like oh what would how does reporters think even when like the world is ending like where so to kind of see that process a little bit but there's other movies that focus on the reporter process in times of crisis that have been interesting and that's by the end of it that's not even a focus anymore just because the, the world's ending um so to gut that whole part of the plot out and just kind of focus on humanity at, at large, I think would have made it a better movie and probably 30 minutes shorter. And yeah, it could have. Um, I have a very important question for you guys about this movie. Oh. How do we relate this to John Wick? I mean, I know Morgan Freeman and Keanu Reeves. I've been trying, man. I are up in chain reaction together. So now I'm trying to figure out how we bring this to John Wick right now, because I was thinking about that. I was like, OK, Morgan Freeman, Keanu Reeves, chain reaction, John Wick. How do we get from point A to point B here? <laughs> I couldn't find it. I was looking through like the stunt coordinators to see if there was 
some sort of connection, but yeah, we would have to do some deep div uh, deep diving, and I just couldn't couldn't find uh, other than probably saying like some of the John Wick actors might be better play some better parts in here, perhaps. But I don't, yeah. All right, all right, Dan. Anything to add to this? Uh, to no, it was a huge disappointment for me. If we're being honest, <laughs> I I really was like. Maybe one of these astronauts was like a stunt person or John Wick killed him in something. And I couldn't. Well, all those astronauts have gone on to do great, great things. Um, so you made me sad. it's sad. It's sad. I, I don't know if any of the astronauts, I mean, I would like to think. The, the, the greatest connection that we can have is just that, hey, we mentioned Armageddon, which has Peter Stormare. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, you almost kind of want a John Wick where there's like a, a like he could have played the Russian guy in both in both this and uh, again same Armageddon. character. It would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> it would have. Yeah. Been. yeah, I'm trying to like, think. Like, oh, maybe... They even have the the like drawing straws sequence in this that they also have in Armageddon when they're doing wires, and then you could have Peter Stormare going, "Is this good or bad?" Yeah, so they do have that. So you have to imagine that both writing teams knew about the other one's scripts. And like even in Deep Impact, since it came out first, the big tidal wave at the end, you know, destroys two oil rigs in the ocean. <laughs> you know, like maybe that's like the little wink there, right? Perhaps. they. There's no way. There's too many things that are crossing or just... <laughs> yeah, they had to have been somewhat aware. Like maybe they're like... Oh, we wanted that script. Yeah, what's we need a competitive script that kind of deals with the same things. Yeah, this is this is much more grounded. Has romance and kids in it. What's the antithesis of that? Oh, Michael Bay. Yes, get him. <laughs> we'll make an insane Avengers Armageddon movie. Oh, more oh my commercial God. movie of it. Right, right. More commercial movie. And I will say, like, while Armageddon only made was it like a hundred million more, maybe less than that than this. I feel like this, while Armageddon is still fun as shit to watch, I think this is the better movie, right? Yeah, I think you could, the especially when it comes to like a lot of the, you know, the astronauts reaching out to their loved ones, whether or not they survive at the end, like that kind of deals with, I just feel like the only grand emotional hook of Armageddon was Bruce Willis's dad, Liv Tyler as daughter. Yeah. And oh, yeah. That's that was it. That that, that was, was it. it. Yeah. Like I I didn't care so much about you know Will Patton getting home to his wife and all that stuff. I mean, maybe the child, but that's just like cardboard cutout of character, and that's it. Uh, no like big emotional draw. At least in Deep Impact, you can be like. I care about those people. I care about those people in, you know, still the same argument as earlier, like whether or not I think that they fully developed them or not, you can still feel the community uh, among them and, and, and their, their relationships more fleshed out. So uh, yeah, it's, it's a uh, dramatically a much better film. I think Armageddon is more entertaining and like you can probably put it on more and watch it more 
deep impact, it's kind of tough to get through, especially like the last hour or so. <clears throat> well, but like uh, I, I, it, it at one point, movie. yeah, when I in deep impact, I pushed to see like my remote to see how long the movie was left. And it was like 45 minutes left. And I was like, wow, I feel like we're getting to the moment of like all the carnage and chaos and we're still 45 mm -hmm. minutes to go. And so with that coming in, what do y'all think about the visual effects of this movie and the practical effects? Because some of the visual effects shots looked incredible for 1998 and still kind of do. And then some of the practical stuff when they're like in like the little neighborhood or actually doing the practical effects on the um, on the comet very much look like a set, like a set from like the WB, it, right? It looks like a movie that was made in 1998. Like at the advent, at the advent of we have some CGI technology, but we're not quite there. But we also like practical sets. But the, the cameras are getting so good that those are starting to look corny that it like it was uh, it was a tweener. Like, I don't think it knew where where to go. And it's a good like litmus test, honestly. Like you can watch it and be like, oh, this is when things start to shift. Because I mean, once we get to 2000, 2001 and those movies, it's it's even crazier. Because 1998, you had Armageddon, you had you had this movie, Deep Impact, and you had Godzilla, you know? Yeah. Very big effects-driven movies. And I would say Godzilla, Godzilla looks better than Deep Impact for most 100%. of them. 100%. The, the monster, or the monster, Godzilla in Godzilla, I think looks better than a lot of the comet scenes in this. Right. What do you think, uh, Preston? What do you think? Which is crazy that? to say out loud. The giant lizard looks better than the rock <laughs> right well like i think with that like the, the the first big shot of like the the show how big the comet was to the little ship i thought looked amazing like that looked cool i liked all the blue and kind of the the orange colors and all of that going around it and when they got onto it i was like man are they just picking up foam little blocks like this looks ridiculous yeah. you know like this looks like they're actually on um like a stage you know and it does it and a lot of that looked like they were actually at stars hollow too in the little neighborhoods on the warner brothers lot i was like wait is that is that desperate housewives is this what is this what street is this um it just looked very fake to me whereas other things don't um but preston what do you think about that I uh, actually wrote down in my notes when they're on the comet itself. I was like, oh, this looks actually kind of cool. I mean, artistically speaking, I don't know if I believe it in the same way that I believe that, you know, an Armageddon that they're like, they feel like an Armageddon that they're actually on a comet uh, or an asteroid. And uh, oddly, both the size of the both reference that it's the size of manhattan or new york <laughs> um so that was another thing um so i thought it it looked cool i liked all the smoke and yeah it felt like a set but it's kind of like watching like a tim burton movie where you're like you know artistically like it just looks kind of cool uh, um whether or not i think that that reality carries across i think on its own it's kind of an interesting art piece um i thought it had some cool colors and the smoky look to it looked pretty cool um, but I, once the, one of the pieces of the comet hit and then you see the tidal wave and it's hitting all the buildings, I still think that looks pretty good. Um, like when it hits the two towers and, 
just seeing some of the buildings fall over the the waves kind of come coming through some of the buildings like it it looks I still think, yeah, I still fairly think a couple good of those shots looked pretty cool. And I still love the escape from New York, Planet of the Apes, head of the Statue of Liberty, you know, floating swimming and down. crying yeah Yeah, I like um that too. the only thing that kind of took me out of it when i'm thinking about that stuff is i i know why they did it for dramatic purposes but like the speed of the comet like it's going real slow as it's going to hit earth and we're told that it's going you know x miles per hour to get how fast it's like it, at least in armageddon uh like when some of those earlier rocks hit And then it just goes boom, like it happens so fast. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what would happen. We wouldn't even know what hit us like there. It's like going so slow, like the, you know, a plane landing. Um, and so it's, it's creating more dramatic effect. I understand it. And then when they're doing like a, a pulled out shot of the earth and we see like how fast it's going, I was like, well, at the rate that it's going right there, it'd be hit the earth in one minute. And we have 14 hours before this thing hits. Um, so it's just with that kind of logic stuff, there's some logical blunders in here, but, uh, I, I still, again, I think all the emotional stuff is the ultimate through line that keeps you invested in everything. I agree. Uh, so Mimi Letter is the director of this movie. And, you know, before this, the year before, she did The Peacemaker with George Clooney and Nicole Kidman. Um, and then she did the 2000 movie Pay It Forward with Haley Joe Osment. Um, and then since then, you would be kind of pressed to see what she's actually been doing. She's done ER episodes here and there. And then she's done actually her most recent thing she's done. She's directed seven episodes of The Morning Show on Apple TV Plus. Um, but the, she has only done six movies, actually five movies. Um, and Deep Impact was one of them. I, you know, you. I'm curious to see what she thinks of something like don't look up because it, they're very similar. And I'm curious to see, I would, if you ever had the chance to talk with her, what she might've said, compared it to her deep impact as opposed to don't look And up Armageddon, like in Armageddon. put them Well, all together and be like, have, have you watched these other ones? She'd probably say that. I, I bet she, I bet you she did not watch Armageddon. Maybe don't look up though. Maybe well, there's enough grace of a grace period there. maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that because I, you know, we've all three of us have seen all three movies multiple times, and I'm curious, Dan, where does Deep Impact fall on those three to you? Hmm. I, I mean, I like Preston said. I think it's a better movie than Armageddon. I think Armageddon's more fun and more entertaining. And if I was gonna pop on pop in a movie, I'd rather. sit through stupid mindless armageddon than ever watching this again on purpose but this was i think a better movie um i don't know i i have to say yeah she made a good movie like she i think she, she, there were ideas in here and things that i think that if this movie were to come out in 2023 it might have a chance of being like a prestige drama or an actual movie that gets some actual recognition some places um, if they were to expand on some of the ideas about the so social aspects and the end of the world planning, especially more than something like Don't Look Up, which I thought much like, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone, but like the most recent episode of Succession was just like hit too close to home 
and was too realistic on how things were done, which took away the fun of it. Well, right. It was that most recent episode of Succession. What he's referring to is an election of the president and how big media conglomerates like Fox or ACN in the show basically ran that election like they called it, you know, and we were basically watching it happen in real time, which is funny and not funny because we lived it. Exactly. <laughs> right. That's, and that's how I felt about Don't Look Up. I was like, oh, there's some funny ideas in here, but also like that's exactly how our stupid country would react to it. So I'm like, haha, oh, wait, this isn't funny. And it took away from my enjoyment of it. So I would probably rank them. I, I'm a simple man. And uh, now that I say that, I'm putting on Armageddon before either of those other two movies. But I think Deep Impact of the three is the best made with the best fleshed out ideas about um, family and togetherness and like survival and that sort of stuff. But if if you need me, I'll be uh, jamming out to Steven Tyler <laughs> saying, saying bye to my baby girl on a screen. <laughs> Right, right. Uh, you know, you know get... how many times in my life I've referenced uh, push the button stamper, like just thinking kind of in the same way that we we're talking about a good son. We're like, I'm weighing my options based off of the kids. I'd hold off the cliff. Would I push the detonator? I don't know. <laughs> so... Right. Well, like with Armageddon and Deep Impact and Don't Look Up, Armageddon's the one out of those three movies that, you know, no comet hits Earth, right? Yeah, like it saves the day. It's it's the at least not the big one. Yeah. Not that no well, well, same thing with Deep Impact. I guess I mean millions of lives were lost, as Morgan Freeman true. would like to say, but not like the big like there there was like the mile long, the mile wide one, and then the six mile wide one. Right. So it one did hit, and it did devastation. Uh, and, and and to be clear, just as American as you can get. The whole movie glosses over what happened to Europe and Africa. They just kind of like, they kind of yada yada like, hey, also there was a giant wave that hit that whole part. But you know what? That's Africa and that's parts of Europe we don't care about. Anyway, we're rebuilding, baby. What's up? What was Africa and Europe watching movies back in 1998? No, <laughs> it was all the USA. So that's what they had to, that's what they had to do. I mean, they made reference to it, but like, in a movie like today, they would show, you know, little clippets of, you know, like a montage of all the other parts of the world bringing back up like they did in Independence Day or even Star Wars. The mo- or, mo- or 20 or 2012 <laughs> or 2012 or, or what was the there's been the like day after movie, tomorrow. This, yeah. Day after tomorrow. Geostorm like this is now this has turned into a cottage industry of shit, but they always make sure they're like, hey, you know, what would be really cool. What if we just had an ice storm in Hong Kong? What if we showed a tidal wave hitting uh, Australia? Like they go out of their way to make sure now they're like, we're destroying the whole world, baby. It's not just the Statue of Liberty anymore. <laughs> right? No, it's everything. It's everything. So uh... it man, it had to have inspired Roland Emmerich, who did Godzilla, to do all his other disaster related movies after this. It had to. Like he saw Deep Impact and was like, he's like, wait. Hold my beer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can, yeah, I can make a career out of this. And, and like you said, like say what you will about Michael Bay's Armageddon. There's a lot of stuff going on, but there's no, um, there's like no destroying of Earth in that magnitude, like they do show in Deep Impact. But 
I think there's like a very heartwarming sense of greatness into deep impact. And it's one of those last, I mean, not just for Tia Leone and her father at the end, which is, you know, kind of crazy to me looking back on it. Cause when that scene came up, it's like, Oh man, I forgot. They like got a front, the front row view of the, of the tidal wave. And I was like, wait, you wouldn't want to survive. You wouldn't want to like just run somewhere, run up a mountain. Like I, I no, get they it. Rogue this- it. Yeah, they did. Uh, they did Rogue One it. Ooh, good reference there. Um, uh, and, uh, another, there, yeah, there's more humanity in the moments when they're talking to, when the astronauts are reaching out to their loved ones that you didn't need like a whole lot of exposition or anything to kind of establish their characters. You understand them in that moment. Like one of the astronauts is talking to his wife and he's like, you know, you know, hold my hold my baby at church or whatever. And he's like, and I will haunt you. And I was like, that's, that's just like a little thing. Like you can understand like the, the jokiness that may be between his wife and him uh, in, in those like few seconds then needing like a whole thing to really explain like that whole, that, that whole relationship. And then uh, one of the ladies says, uh, when she's talking to her husband, like she's talking to the, 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 the daughter, very young girl. And she's like, you know, I love you, mommy. And then you like feel that. And then she looks at her husband and she's like, you know what I would say? And I was like, Oh, and so, yeah, I, I, I just, again, I really think that they hammer home a lot of that, uh, like really connects us as people and how we might react or at least in a more hopeful, optimistic way. I like to think that this is how it would go down versus don't look up. So to answer your original question, Brian, where would I rank all these? I think I would still go with Dan. I think uh, going with Armageddon is like, I can watch that and still like feel good about life at the end of it. I think don't look up is probably the most interesting one. And I did laugh and I did have all these feelings. And I think that dinner sequence at the very end kind of captures a little bit of like the emotional uh, toll or the emotional feeling of this film, except this film stretches out that emotion a little bit more. So I don't know. It's like, it just depends on what I'm wanting to feel uh, daily. But I think ultimately I would probably go with Armageddon more just from like, you know what? I want to feel good. It's like like the cheap popcorn pop uh, entertainment thing. Like I'm just going to go with that option just because I know what it provides and I'll feel a little bit of emotion, but not. I'll still be entertained by it all. Uh, but if I'm really wanting to feel something, um, like a- after this, I like I went and like hugged my wife and like I didn't I didn't get that much of that feeling so much with Armageddon. Um, I was just like, eh, yeah, we ate popcorn together. That was awesome. And don't look up. You're just like, man, we're all fucked. Um, so, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Like it, Armageddon's a slap on the ass, you know, like, good job, babe. And this one, you hug your wife, a deep impact and don't look this up. One, you're like, like, I don't even want to talk to or don't look up. Don't yeah. want to talk to you right now because I gotta really, you know, walk around the neighborhood by myself. Yeah, while you're laughing, you're just like taking account of like how true this is and how much it like angers you that that would happen. It's like probably exactly what Dan was saying. It's like somebody like trying to tell you a joke as the world's on fire, and you're like, <laughs> I can't, like, I can't even listen to you right now. Like, no. 
Oh, it's so true. Deep Impact. Uh, it is finally out on 4K right now. You can buy it on 4K from your local retailer online. It is available to rent and purchase on all of the VOD platforms. Give it a look. See, I mean, this movie was 45% on Rotten Tomatoes and it deserves a little bit more than that. Uh, it's, I think this is a fresh rating because it does something. It tells a tender, a more tender, more thoughtful side to kind of the end of earth than what Armageddon and don't look up do uh y'all agree yeah 100% absolutely hell yeah so that it wraps up for this fear and loathing in cinema podcast this week uh we are fear and loathing in cinema podcast thank you for listening follow Dan Moran on the Fear and Loathing Instagram. Check him out. He's posting all the good stuff, writing reviews for BoomstickComics.com. He's amazing. Find him in Austin. Say hello. Buy him a drink. And <laughs> yes, yes, please. And then Your press- Dan, I'm going to get your beard. Not the right Dan, but it was a Dan. But it was a Dan. <laughs> it was a dare of a Dan. And then the birthday man himself, Press and Barta. If you see him, follow him on Instagram, Blu-ray dad, Twitter, YouTube, press and Barta, say happy birthday to him. Uh, and follow his interviews, read his reviews. They're all great on freshfiction.tv and on the Denton Record Chronicle. Check those out. And I'm Brian Kluger. I'm at highdefdigest.com, boomstickcomics.com. I'm on the radio at electromagnetic radio. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and check out. Preston and I's other horror podcast, My Bloody Podcast. So until next week, we have enjoy Deep Impact um, and then watch the porno version of that after and compare and let us know. <laughs> <laughs>